Aloha and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, what an absolute treat we have for you today. Robert Moeller is here. You have probably seen him everywhere without even knowing it. Uh, and that's that's kind of how he's, he's lived his life. Uh, he is the director of military teams at Whoop. I'm sure you've seen everybody wear it. I wear it. My wife wears it. We've been longtime whoopers. I don't know if that's the proper community term, but we're going to go with it for, for now. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, here we go. Robert, thank you so much for being here. Tony, so stoked to be here. I am really excited to be on the podcast and let's jump in. Let's do this. Let's, uh, let's, let's provide some value and, and drop some knowledge while we're at it. That's all you. I'm just going to kind of hope steer the ship a little bit. Before we started recording, we talked about a story that I really want to touch on that I think a lot of people can relate to. You went to sleep one day, a Navy SEAL. The next day you woke up as a mister, uh, where you then had a YouTube, how to tie a tie. Let's go back to that moment. Yeah, Tony, it's interesting because we're talking about transition. And you know, within the veteran space, that transition is the hardest, at least I can say for me, speaking from my own personal experience, that transition was the hardest thing that I've ever done. Now, that said, my identity since I was eight years old was wrapped up in this thing that I was going to do, and then this thing that I was currently doing, and then come you know December thirty first, two thousand sixteen, the day that I was no longer active duty, you know, come midnight, January first, two thousand seventeen, the identity and everything that I had been built up to was then gone, and so that's what Tony means for everybody listening. I went to sleep and woke up a completely different person with no identity. And because of that, I had to get a real job. And for any of the transitioning veterans or thinking about transitioning, getting a real job is scary. And I would say sometimes it actually sucks. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, Tony, but hopefully I'm- No, you, we put the E on the show for a reason. Okay. Rip. And as you know, uh, you know my, my resume was written in crayon at best, and I didn't even know how to tie a tie. I, did, I had no idea. I could, tell, I could tie a bunch of you know, knots, but I didn't know how to tie a tie. And so I had to go on YouTube for all of the interviews that I went on and I was applying to all the, you know, your standard, you know, I think I I applied to Amazon and, and, and Disney and they all said, no, thanks by the way, guys, I appreciate all of you. And, um, for those interviews, I had to Google how to tie a tie. And the fun fact for me is I still don't know how to tie a tie and I'm still Googling how to tie a tie in most of the meetings I'm in. So if anybody hears this and sees me in a meeting where I am wearing a tie, by all means, call me out because I went on YouTube earlier that morning and made sure it was right. So taking all of that experience, right, from being in the Navy and then going into the civilian sector, now going on, what, five years? It'll be about five years, yeah. What do you constantly implement on a daily basis? Because I know you're a big believer in meditation, you know, every morning it is fitness, family, and focus. What do you constantly use every day from your time in the military? Discipline. Discipline. And like we were saying off mic is, listen, there's no fix to a human. Meaning, you know, Tony, you or me or whoever it may be listening, 
you're not going to fix yourself. There is no such thing. And I feel like there's a lot of dialogue out there and a lot of conversations. Well, it's just eat this way or just do this and you will be better. It's not the case. Humans are not binary. And from that, I always rely on my discipline to just improve a little bit more every day. Because if not, you're going to chase something, you're going to stress yourself out, and we're already dealing with enough shit to begin with. And if you're just focusing on that little one thing, that disciplined piece of, okay, what can I learn today? What can I do to better myself just a little bit? Like I said earlier, Tony, you're not going to realize who you are four months, four years, whatever that may be, because you're constantly improving. And that's really all we can do because you're just trying to keep the ship in the lane, if you will. When you talk about that in the discipline piece, right, you have to at least have a baseline. And I'm sure there's been books along the way that have helped you really establish that baseline or at least kind of help you facilitate your ideas and thoughts. Is there one that kind of comes to mind? There is. And I will say there, I mean, there's so many books. I mean, we could do an hour just on books alone that you've read and, and has influenced the path. But what I would say for me is, is definitely this one. So Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference. And that was a really key book that I read during my transition that everything in that book can be applied to the civilian side of life. And that's just, you know, from getting a latte at Starbucks to negotiating billion dollar deals with the government. It's all there. I mean, he's an FBI hostage, ex-FBI hostage negotiator, and is, you know, spent and, and spent time in the ring with, you know, Harvard's elite trying to and had stumped them on negotiations and tactics. So great book for all you guys that uh, love to, to read about the underdog. And highly recommended. And like you said, those are tactics that you can constantly use on a daily basis because you're going to constantly put in environments and understanding where you're at and then using your, your knowledge to kind of get a little bit better than yesterday. You know, being at Whoop, you're constantly talking about resiliency, establishing baselines, and looking at how an individual, not just you, are not only meeting mission requirements, but being tactically ready for what's going to be presented in front of our warfighters. Yeah. And what I'll say there, Tony, is like, listen, there's a big difference between an athlete and a tactile athlete. And a few of those differences like are, for example, an athlete peaks, a tactical athlete does not, a tactical athlete survives. And when it comes to uh, an athlete, whether you're a collegiate athlete or a professional athlete, they have seasons. You know, if you are being paid by the government and you carry a weapon or you're expected to maintain a certain level of mental preparedness and physical readiness, your job is to take care of you as a human weapon system. I don't care if you're falling out of airplanes or you're typing on the computer. That all said, it's really that simple, is that you have to have a structure in place that you can fall back on that when things get really hard, i.e., you know, you're stressed at work or you're lacking sleep because, you know, you, you worked for so many different hours, you're, you're, you're doing so many things, you have to be able to come back to that baseline and truly understand what is going to help you stack the deck in your favor. And it's different for everybody. Now, the only way to, to, to figure that out is to use something like a whoop to understand your own physiological self best. And that is the only true way because nobody else can tell you more about you than yourself. Yeah. And that self-awareness piece is something, especially as leaders, we constantly overlook because we're looking outward at the formation, the people that we're leading, being led by. And we never take a moment to take that tactical patience and look internally. And I'm a huge believer of whoop. I'm checking it every day, making sure, and it changes, right? So like sometimes I'll try new habits that don't work. 
and you know put them in my daily journal and I realize, hey, this isn't really benefiting me on my long-term goals. Is there something that you're currently working on, say it's a new skill or talent that you're really kind of trying to understand? You have your baseline and then seeing what that does for you in the long-term. Yes. So Whoop is, uh, I almost gave you an exclusive there, but we are working in the scenes or behind we the so scenes. Close. I know I was. We you, so almost, you almost got that. Uh, Whoop is working very diligently on that. Right. And that's all I'll say there. What I am personally working on, of course, has no reflection on what the company is working on. But what I will tell you is that cold for me, I love the cold. I grew up in New Jersey, but I didn't really start turning towards the cold or heat as therapy until I transitioned. You know, I, I will be completely open and honest. Uh, I have traumatic brain injury from being in skydiving accidents and and, and being in, in different situations during my time in the military. And I'm constantly looking to lift the brain fog because I know it's coming for me at some point during the day. And it's not because of anything else besides the things that I did during time in service. That said, I have utilized breath work and cold to a point now where I'm getting pretty good. I'm getting pretty good to be able to throttle up and throttle down on demand and I only know all this because I'm able to track it through Whoop. But more importantly, some of the stuff that works for me do not work for the, the, the friends that I have that I've been like, hey, try this. Similar to what you're saying, you're able to, to measure, track, and execute with a wearable, something like Whoop, and you're able to improve on that. So I found that cold and, and breath work for me has been one of the two biggest things that I can do in less than 20 minutes that just move the needle so much more than, you know, 20 minutes of meditation. Now I'm still doing the meditation, but if I have, if I don't have the time, it's cold therapy and, um, you know, think Wim Hof, Tumo breathing, that type of stuff. What did it look like when you first, you know, started cold water and breathing? Just to give somebody that, you know, has heard about it, you know, everybody likes to talk about it, but we don't really talk about what it is, what it looks like stepping into that, you know, that cold tub, shower, whatever it may be. I appreciate you bringing that up because I will tell you that I hate cold water. And if you know anything about, you know, whatever, and this is where I'm still struggling to talk about my background, Tony. So thank you. You know, it's one of those things where I don't like cold water. Given my military training, I was exposed to a lot of cold water. I don't like being there. That said, when I started experimenting with the different hot cold therapies, I have an infrared sauna in my house, the one that I'm, you know, in right now. And I utilize infrared sauna and cold therapy every day. And what I can tell you from, and this is very Whoop-centric, and I know everybody listening doesn't wear Whoop, but what I will tell you is that I'm tracking my heart rate variability, and that's HRV. So it's the time in between heartbeats, and it's the golden standard, and what people use in the scientific communities around what readiness really is, both mentally and physically. And I'm trying, I'm dumbing that down a lot. And when I implement these therapies, the next day, you know, I have an increase of 10 to 15 milliseconds within my HRV. So typically if I'm, you know, let's just say 40 milliseconds without the cold therapy and the heat with, you know, 25 minutes of modality, I'm increasing 15 milliseconds in between heartbeats. So it went from this to this, and I'm just doing 25 minutes of therapy. That is something that I can hold on to and will use for the rest of my life. And I never would have known that if I didn't start tracking, measuring, executing against my baseline. When we talk about, you know, measuring and tracking, because that's where it really comes down to where you can pull data from, whether it's analog or digitally, would you say that's a belief that you've really taken away over the last five years that it's just greatly improved your life? It's just tracking and following what works and what doesn't, or is there something else? No, I'm not a data. Well, now I am. Now I'm a data guy, yeah. but I, I will tell you that 
And we know this. Listen, there's nothing in our non-personal lives. Think the car that you own. Think the the whatever you do for a job. You're tracking it some way, shape, or form because you have to deliver against what you say you're going to deliver against, right? That's just you know common knowledge. And I will say I was guilty of this before and after, right after I transitioned. I didn't have the ability to track, measure, and execute anything because I was so lost. And I was in a really bad spot. And one of the other people that works at Whoop put a, a Whoop strap on my wrist. And again, this isn't all about Whoop, but once I was able to get my baseline, I was able to see what was working, but more importantly, what was not working. Hey, Robert, maybe you shouldn't sleep four hours a night and drink two beers before you go to bed. Okay. I know that sounds intuitive, but I was doing it for years, right? So it's yeah. those types of things that you truly start to understand, okay, these are the things that work, but more importantly, those are the things that do not work. Let's do less of those and more of the things that work. And you'll eventually get to what I found, you know, cold and, and heat work for me best. And I only have 25 minutes in a day and this is what I'm going to do to feel okay. And that iteration though, allows not only for vulnerability on your part, but it means you're going to fail and you're going to fail quite often because you only need to succeed once, right? Which one failure that's ultimately led to a great success or even your greatest success? Because it's got to start somewhere. Great question. And I will give you guys this and it's a great, honest answer. So I will say my biggest failure at the time was me leaving the military because I did not leave the military on my own free will. Don't, I didn't get kicked out. I got an honorable discharge. I don't need that shit on the street. However, I was forced to make a couple decisions and those decisions that I made forced me into civilian land. What I will say there, Tony, you know, we're four, four years, almost five years, sorry, into the transition. I would say probably for the first two and a half years, I was devastated. I was devastated that I was no longer in the dream job. I was devastated that I had to put on a fucking tie every day and go up to Wall Street or wherever I was going and, and work and do the work that I was doing, not because I didn't believe in the work, but I wasn't doing my dream job. And it was really tough. It was dark time for me. But what I learned in that, you know, nothing worthwhile comes out of something that's not hard. And when I came out of that fog after, let's just say, 30 months or, or over two years, and that's really kind of when I transitioned over to Whoop, I realized the best thing I could have done for me at the time was leave the military, was leave the dream job, because I didn't just want to say I'd done A, B, and C. And that's a scary thing, because you're no longer the fish in the pond, and you know everybody, and you know that pond, and you it's, it's hard. And I really got out of my comfort zone. So my biggest failure I would say was making the mistakes that I made to get me to the point where I had to exit my dream job. But at the same time, looking back on it five years later, I couldn't imagine still being in the military because of the opportunities that have been presented to me, including this podcast, to talk to other people about transition, to talk about other people about vulnerability, to talk about, hey, don't leave it up to certain other organizations like the VA if you're transitioning to tell you what's wrong with you. Start now protect yourself. You have the inherent right to self-defense, stuff that we already know, right? So that's it. I mean, me leaving the military was, and still is, an emotional thing for me, and I miss it. But I think we're doing better work and we're affecting more people. So I'm stoked. Absolutely. And look at, you led a life of service. You're continuing to lead a life of service with your work, not only at Children of the Fallen Patriots, Seal Future Foundation. I mean, I could go through the list, but that's another podcast in itself. 
But as we kind of wrap up this conversation, Robert Mueller, how are you better than yesterday? Great question. I am better than I was yesterday because I met somebody that I'd never met before. And even with this damn pandemic, we spent some time. And I don't know you, Tony. Like we just met and, and, and getting to this point, you took a leap of faith reaching out to me. I don't know if he's going to write me back. And the first thing you said to me was like, hey, man, tell me about your coffee company that you started, you know, five years ago, right? And I was able to sit here and have a conversation with somebody. And now there's a connection. And in this day and age, I'm 43 years old and I've seen enough, you know, I've seen more than a 20 year old. I'll say that, right? And I'm, I'm reflecting back on my life. My birthday is, is in a, a couple of weeks from now. And as I get closer to my birthday, I'm always in, in the mode of reflection. And I think for me, as I get older, those connections, those moments of connection are going to always trump anything else that I could be doing. Because I think we can learn so much from each other from all of our different experiences. And that's what it's all about. And if we're, if we're willing to talk about it, even better. So that's what we're doing here. And, and I appreciate that. So me spending time with you talking about some coffee and, and being on the Got Your Six made me a better person today. And I'm proud of that. And that means a lot to not only the Sixers in the community, but me personally. Like The feeling is absolutely mutual. And as the kids say, I think real recognizes real. Um, Robert, where can people go to reach out and connect with you? Sure. Uh, LinkedIn is uh, your best bet. You can find me there. Uh, if it's Robert Moeller with the uh, big Whoop logo somewhere on his profile, that is absolutely me. And um, yeah, let's let's continue the conversation. If anything here resonates with with what you're thinking about or struggling with or anything, let me know. And I'm happy to have a conversation about it because I, I constantly have veterans reaching out to me. And I'm not saying I know everything, but um, I'm a little further ahead than you know the guy that or girl that's transitioning in, in the next month or so. I'm happy to have that conversation and support any way I can. Absolutely. And you could also catch Robert on quite a few Whoop podcast episodes, as well as a future episode that's coming out if you want to talk about that real quick. Yeah. I mean, this is a big one and this is for the aviation community and it doesn't have to be within the, the United States Coast Guard. But what's so fascinating about this is, listen, it's not a matter of if and when the Department of Defense or the federal space is going to start utilizing wearable tech. Whoop has been doing that for over three and a half years successfully across the board, whether it's DOD or federal. The, the Coast Guard actually finished a study with aviators and air crew, and all they did was give their members a whoop strap for 30 days. And the whole purpose of the study was to see how long it took for a community like the aviation community to actually trust technology to aid them in their assessment of their ORM, so operation mismanagement for the folks that are not military, and also be able to talk about it from a subjective, but also from a biometric standpoint. So these pilots are asked, hey, how are you feeling? Are you tired today? All these different questions, yes, no, yes, no. But for them to trust the data enough to be a part of that conversation and also say, my WHOOP data said that I was in the green, I was 83% recovered, and my HRV was blah. So they finally got it done. They are finished the study, and the results are fascinating. We can't wait to listen to that episode. Like you said, you do not win or lose. You survive. You do not peak. You maintain a readiness baseline. Robert, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you sharing your insight, your strategies, your methods on the Gotcha 6 podcast. Thank you so much, brother. Thanks so much, Tony. Appreciate it. 
Sixers, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six Podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share it with a friend, pass along, tell them what you got out of it. If you're listening on Apple, make sure you leave us a review. And if you don't like what we're doing, also let us know. We can only get better from hearing from you, all the Sixers out there. We're always here to adapt and evolve as this podcast continues to grow and thrive. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button and you'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. 